Moncrief on News Talk. During World War II, life was regularly dangerous and frightening for the residents of Belfast, but not just for the people, for animals too. A zookeeper there noticed how one baby elephant was particularly scared, so every evening she'd bring it home. This is the plot of Alan Ran- Ellen Rankin's first picture book, The Secret Elephant, but it's also based on a true story. Alan, good afternoon to you. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so t- tell us what we know for sure about the, you know, the true uh, version of this story. Um, so my book actually sticks somewhat closely to it. But um, so the true story is the zookeeper who was called Denise Weston Austin would sneak this baby elephant home at night. Uh, I say sneak. She, the, <laughs> the surrounding neighbours knew it was there. So she'd walk it home down the road and they'd often stop for stale bread on the way home. And <laughs> she'd keep it there overnight because it was scared during the air raids. And then she'd bring it back the next day. But the secret was discovered when the elephant broke through a neighbour's fence whenever it was chasing a dog. And then the neighbour went to get compensation from the head zookeeper who then found out and put a stop to it. Right, okay. The, the elephant was chasing a dog. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's it gas. just chased the neighbour's dog. I mean, it was a baby elephant, so it wasn't too bad. No, I know. Yeah, a baby elephant wouldn't <laughs> be that big. But even still, I'm kind of wondering what kind of front door she had. How'd you get an, a, a, even a baby elephant through that? That must have been... I know, it was in her back garden, I think, most of the time. Right. So that's kind of where my story differs, because I have it in the house. But <gasps> hers was kept in the back garden. Ah, right. She must have had rare uh, um, access or something like that. And yeah. was it the case that for some... for for There was a period of time when... People knew about the story, but they didn't know who the zookeeper was and, the, and there were details yeah, missing. Yeah, yeah. So later on, um, I think it was like around 2009, these photos surfaced of from the 40s where you could see the elephant in this lady's garden and nobody knew who the woman in the photos was. So there was like a big uh, campaign to try and find her. And then I think eventually her cousin came forward and like told the story. By that point, she had already died, unfortunately. But he said that she would have been tickled pink by all the attention. Right. I'm sure she would have been. Uh, and, it's an un- and it's an unbearably cute story as well. So I could see how you couldn't resist uh, creating a fictional version of it. In what way does your story differ? So my elephant is, I think, a wee bit, <laughs> technically she's a wee bit smaller than uh, her <laughs> elephant would have been. But the story pretty much sticks to it until the end when I have the keeper going into the zoo and she stays there and brings stuff from home to keep uh, little Sheila, as she was called, uh, company. But, um, I mean, she she may have done that. I don't know. But that's kind of where I took it to. And then at the very end, you see the old pair reunited um, as they're so much older. But um, I think the zookeeper died in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And the elephant, I think, as well died, I think, just before then as well. Or it was maybe the 60s. Oh. But. It would have been a lovely, lovely reunion in my head, anyway. Yes, uh, and uh, but you have been you've been thinking about this story, or maybe mulling it over in your mind since you've been in college. Yes, yes. So I originally um, started the idea whenever I was in my undergrad in university, and I, I loved the idea. And I was living away from home at the time, so maybe it was a bit sentimental. But I wanted to kind of like try and bring this story into my work, and then. I left it for a couple of years. That would have been in like, I think, 2016. And then 
uh, I went and did a master's in children's book illustration. And again, I was like, this is too good a story to like not share. So again, I, I did it. And then um, COVID hit and I ended up entering like a lot of um, illustration competitions and things with publishers to try and um, get my name out there and stuff. And one of the publishers loved it and wanted to to publish it for me right and this is as I'm, is this the first of a four book deal you have yes it is so um, yeah we ended up doing a four book deal and I'm, I'm working on my second book at the minute but it's it's uh, completely different and it's for a bit of a younger audience okay congratulations four thank book you, deal you. yeah you, you must have a front door big enough to move an elephant through then I imagine <laughs> I wish <laughs> <laughs> the, and, and you I, I suppose it's kind of unusual because you illustrate and write the stories too yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of like it that way because then I can think about what kind of images I would want to have in the tech or in the book, and then I can kind of work the text around it or juxtapose the two. So they kind of go quite well together. Yeah. Which Which do you do first? Um, I would do the text first, but at the same time, I'm still like thinking about the images and thinking what can go where and how it would all work. But the text is the first thing I have to get like sorted immediately, and yes. then I'll get to go into the images. And and it's a bit. It often strikes me about uh, uh, books for kids that uh, it's a bit like when you bring kids to see films that some films that just bore the backside off you because there's nothing in it for the adults at all. And and it's mm-hmm. the same with bo- a book has to have something in it. Is, is that something you keep in mind? Because it's probably usually not the child who's reading the book, an adult who's reading the book to a child. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because um, a lot of the time I try and think like what would you know, keep parents interested. And I'm very aware, you know, it's the adults that are reading it or picking the book. And I want to have something that maybe they would find funny in the background or whatever. And I, I just want to have something that's engaging as well. Yes, indeed. So, so that, and, and that's a tricky balance to, to, to affect, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, I mean, as, <laughs> my kind of mantra is, as long as it makes me laugh, it's probably okay for <laughs> adults yeah. too. So, um, yeah, I just kind of bear that in mind. Yeah. And so what do you, well, is there an age range that your books are aimed at or at least The Secret Elephant is aimed at? Yeah. So it would, well, it's tough because you can kind of, it's able to like bridge the gap between a very young audience who would love to see like all the elephant shenanigans in the house. But then older children would like the war aspect or be interested in that kind of thing and the true story behind it. Mm. So you know, it can kind of go between both audiences in that way. Yeah, and it, it, the way you treat the war, because, you know, if it's too visceral, it can be scary for children. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, like, bear that in mind because I think there's a couple of pages that do have the air raids in them. So I was just trying to, like, you know, tiptoe between what's too scary and what's, you know, what would work for the image. yeah. Uh, authoring children's books nowadays, though, extremely competitive area. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's very competitive, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, like, what do you do to get an edge? Do you go into bookshops and, like, move the other kids' uh, books out of the way and put yours at the front? (laughs) Maybe Binchy apparently used to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny you saying that, because I know that, like, a lot of people that I went to university with, some of them do have books out at the minute, and I'm seeing them in bookshops. Really? yeah, I've been waiting for mine to come out too. So oh, God. <laughs> just move them with them. Everybody else's. <laughs> so your people you were in college, but they've got their books out already. Uh, and uh, yes. would you would you be in contact with each other? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, we all follow each other on Instagram and would chat to each other there a lot right. of the time. But, and and um, you're, are you all pretending to be supportive of each other's efforts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all, like, really supportive, but then we move each other's books in front of each other in the bookshop. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. No, we're, all, we're all really happy for each other. Uh, when, is your, <laughs> when is The Secret Elephant coming out? So, it's out now. Um, uh, and the hardback has, I think, just come out a couple of weeks ago as well. All right, good stuff. Well, congratulations and and, and keep up the good work and thanks for uh, speaking with us today. That was Alan Rankin there, author of The Secret Elephant, uh, the best children's book that you'll find coming from that particular university she went to. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.